kickoff hour number three of the program. Live, sprint, uh, live stream is brought to you by Linder- Live Spring Linderman Sports Medicine in Memphis. Getting you back in the game of life without surgery. Check them out online at LindermanSportsMedicine.com. Always get a second opinion before any any surgery. Anyway, just a good life tip for you there. LindermanSportsMedicine.com for all of the details. They uh, putting the call out, Chris. Uh, hmm? Well, Anthony wants me on the coaching staff, and Martin says that I think I'm smarter than – that thinks we are smarter than Rick Barnes. No, he thinks we think we're smarter than Rick Barnes, and I right. said we don't think that. Right. I just said we – I don't even think you need to reply, though. I mean, he has ten followers, so I'm, – I'm replying to him. I don't think it really matters. I'm just replying to him. Okay. I don't want him to. I, like I don't think I'm smarter than Rick Barnes. I just, you know, been around. I'd say I've been around a pretty high level basketball coach in my day, and I just know I mean, how you worked with a person that, that him too. <laughs> just, worked, I'm just saying, like you I worked would, with a person that's pretty highly thought of in the industry. You know, I would, all the I time. would, I would say this coach has, you know, a pretty good reputation. <laughs> you know, be motivation bad. X's and O's, being ready in the postseason. It's your first national championships. <laughs> yeah. Those types Winning of things. Winning in March. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. I coached a freshman team to a 10 and 5 record, not to brag or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I am not talking about Adam Hickman, for the record. Oh, you're not? No. No, 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 no. You're talking about Bruce Pearl. I had some dogs on that team. That's really rude to call girls dogs. How'd you do in March? It was a <laughs> boys' team, it was mm. a girls' team. No. <laughs> Did you make it to March? Oh, uh, in freshman basketball, they say, oh, last game on the schedule, that's it. Thanks for mm. coming. Mm. You know how uh, in Wikipedia, like, if it, it uses different versions of yellow for, like, championships? Pat Summers, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. whole career is just, gold. Like, different colors. Like the gold, yellow, orange, yeah. You know? <laughs> it looks like uh, the Derek Dooley, you know, chart, the urination chart. Like right. That, that's, yeah. That's a good thing on your She Wikipedia was very dehydrated page. on yeah. the Wikipedia page. Yeah. I love a good urination chart. <laughs> what? I mean, it's especially if they kind of like make it funny, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, hey, you're perfectly hydrated. And then it's like this shade of urine. Bad Go have teammate. Your bottle of water. Bad teammate. And then it's like black. Go to the hospital now. Ha <laughs> ha. What are you doing back there today? You're just you're just kind of floating around. You're not you're not really invested. Me depressed. Why do you what, like what what sports do you like? What do you want us to talk about? Hmm. You hate Tennessee basketball so much that we talk about it during the season. And you're like I'm bored. I like Tennessee basketball. Doesn't sound like I'm it. Just realistic. Uh, one Texas writer said Tennessee though solid doesn't necessarily create matchup problems. Texas faces in the Big 12. Plaza certainly has a decided advantage over their bigs, but even so, Rodney Terry's team could secure a huge road win over Tennessee this weekend. No matchup problems here? Yep. You realize that if we drop this Texas game, if we lose to Alabama, you guys realize we have to hit the panic button with this team? Mm-hmm. Panic? Yes, because that that then you they've lost five in. games in the whole season in Feb- and it'll be February. This is what I'm talking about. Panic button. You know what I think the problem is. It may be eject. Just give get stop. Oh, the, it's just, attention span. Uh, so you think us? Hey, lo- 
losing two. Basketball of the, season's too long for these young whippersnappers. I think I think you might too be many right. games. Too many games. Yeah, if there were all ten games, he'd be all about it. So, so the, you're saying if we lose two games to top ten teams, <laughs> season's over. Oh, sorry, you said Texas and Alabama. Yeah, I said if you lose to Texas and Alabama, there's four games in between those two. I thought you were saying Texas and Auburn, which is two games late. You could throw the Auburn if you lose It'd be the like Auburn a two well. seed. I Even thought the only thing that mattered was March. It does, but okay. Well, you're kind of bouncing around a little bit one, here. One thing we did last year well is down the stretch we beat the good teams in the conference. We beat the Auburns. We beat the Kentucky. And we lost in March. So why does it matter if we beat them this year? I'm just saying, like we if, lost to Texas last year and then finished great in conference. Mm-hmm. Kind of a red flag. I mean, if you think I'm checked out, now, I, why is everything a red? To, like everything but is a red flag because it's all about March. I don't know. Yeah, like, which is it? The only thing that matters is March, unless all of these things happen. Then it's a red flag. I think if March is all that matters, you should be enjoying the regular season much more. Because why would you even get hurt that we lost to Kentucky? Why would you even care if we lose to Texas? If it's all about March. Just watch the game as if you're watching, like, a UConn play Duke in 2010. Like, who gives a rat's ass? Saying you don't care about the regular season is fun in theory, and it makes sense, but, you know, like, you don't anticipate but you actually care about the regular season. And that Kentucky game ruined Truth three hurts. days. So the only thing that matters in March, unless you lose, lose. in January. <laughs> I mean, because those or are typically February. games we win. <laughs> If we can't but win it doesn't those. matter because it, it's a red flag. It's it, who cares? Imagine going undefeated in the regular season. Chris. Doesn't matter. Thirty-one and zero. Doesn't matter. He would tell you it doesn't matter. But for every game you lose, red flag. Push the panic button. Those are your words. Push the panic button. We lose two games over the next seven to top ten <laughs> teams. Push the panic button. Okay, win me... them all. Doesn't matter till March. What if you beat? Or, I mean, what if you lose to Auburn as well? So you got thir- you okay. lose all three, three of those ranked seven. games. Then the, then the team was never that good to and begin with. Then we'll have two, a little right? bit lower seed, and Matt will be happy because we can overachieve in the tournament. Yeah, and so will you. <laughs> oh, we snuck in as a nine, and look at us now in the Sweet 16. I think Rick Barnes can get to the Sweet 16 as a nine seed. You're crazy. Maybe. Maybe he should just sandbag, though. Maybe we should just play the Work the for Juwan Howard. Yeah, maybe we should just play the walk-ons. You know – you if you get a 16 right. seed, then uh, then you you just get that one shot at the number one, and you take over their seed line. You know, it's it's, it's math. Maybe we should get a 12. We should eke in as a 12. 12s always win the first round game, right? Let's be playing our worst basketball when we get to March. <laughs> yeah, and then we flip the switch. Maybe were we a nine thing. seed when we made it with Conzo? No, they were eleven. Nine, seed. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, yeah. aren't playing. Eleven. Iowa. Seven. Oh, sorry. That was an impressive run. So, I mean, if you think about it, Conzo really made the Elite Eight. He won three games in March. That's not how that works. <laughs> uh, in fairness, though, he should have made the Elite Eight. That was not have. a charge on Jarnell Stokes. I will go to my great. I was sitting right there <laughs> in Indy, and that was that guy blew the whistle before contact, yeah. and all Jarnell Stokes did was turn around. Didn't even really create contact. Just turned around, and the guy just. Oh! Darnell's too big. <laughs> That's that was honestly like his biggest sin was that he was so big that he would touch people and they'd go flying. I mean, it was free- the opposite of Grant, who would get hacked to death, but because yeah. he was so big, would make the shots. Yeah. I mean, Darnell was just imagine putting a refrigerator in the paint. That was basically what he was. Him and Naaman, gosh. Those those are the biggest calves I've ever seen in my entire life. That was a monster. I like Darnell Stokes. He was fun.
panic button. You're such a goon. If we lose, if we lose, you press the panic button every time. But if we win, it don't matter. I'm, I'm, I'm like, not... do you, but do you understand what we're saying to you? Your logic, like wins don't matter because you're going to lose in March. But losses press the panic button because they're going to mean you lose in March. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, like, if we went out in the regular, like, if if we finish the regular season, it doesn't matter because you're going to lose in March. No, I'll have a good feeling going into March if we. So we have so for you to feel good about this team. I just want to make sure I just heard you correctly. We have to win out. No, like, but if like you beat Texas, you drop the Bama game, you beat all the other scrubs you play, which there's thankfully there's going to be a lot of them. I'll go into March and I'll somehow have myself talked into a Final Four run. That's just me personally. Now, if we start losing all these big games, now that we're actually playing big games, then you'll feel like you felt all season, which is that you're going to lose in March anyway. Yes. So the panic button to you is the I've felt this way all year anyway button. Pretty much. You've been panicking this whole season? I don't know how I feel about Wait, this team. who's the head coach of Texas now? That one guy. I just said this. Yeah. Rodney, Terry? Rodney Terry? Yeah, Terry. He was with Rick Barnes at Texas all oh, the way back no. to like 2009. He knows his stuff. Yep. We're doomed. It's going to be the same teams out there. Money, 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 money. Burt Burkamp? <laughs> No, those are just the plays. It's Brick City. Money! Like last year. Money, Bob. Great play by Josiah. Lenardi tweeted out yesterday he was uh, hacked. His Twitter was hacked. So he's apologized for uh, not having his bracket out, basically. He posted? He said he's glad to be back on the bracket beat. He was hacked. Who said this? Nobody posted anything. Lenardi, apologies for the weekend Twitter hiatus, was hacked and now restored. Glad to be back on the bracket beat. And that was 15 hours ago. Hmm. You know, we, we talked about it a couple of days ago, like the people we would slap if we could get one <laughs> free slap. That that SOB might be one of them. That's not bad. You know who I want to slap right now? Bear. Jerry Palm. Oh, why? Because we beat Kansas. At the time he wrote this article, Kansas had lost two straight. And Kansas is the fourth number one seed, and we are the number one two seed. We beat them head to head. They've lost two straight. Eh, They've now lost three straight. I'm so fine I guess with it. I guess according to his logic, since Kansas has now lost three state three straight, Jerry Palm has Tennessee as a one seed. Andy Katz has Tennessee as a one seed. Joe Lenardi, who will release his bracketology later today, may have Tennessee as a one seed. Yeah, I mean, but like Jerry Palm was probably just giving Kansas the benefit of the doubt playing in the toughest conference in America at the time. And not they At the time, it was yesterday. I mean it's still I thought you said he this was so. When did he release this? Nineteen hours ago. Yeah. Oh, okay then. Yeah, I can't really make an argument for that, but no, no, they I lost again he, last night. Yeah, and so I think that's what I'm saying. After now would be different. If now he he'd today. probably have us as a one seed along with Alabama. wait. He has what? This has to be a typo. He has Kansas State as a one seed? Uh, They're ranked fifth in the country right now. Ahead of Houston, though. He has his one seeds as Purdue, Alabama, Kansas State, and Kansas. Is Kansas State better than Houston? I mean, I know uh, I know they just beat Kansas, but Kansas is clearly on a little bit of a skid. They are very electric, I will say that. They got Keontae Johnson. Maybe Jerry Palm's the only guy to finally punish Houston for losing to a bad Temple team at home. There you go. Everyone else was like, oh, it's just a little slip up. Kansas State has one of the best point guards in the country. 
What's his name? Marquise. I don't know if it's Nowell, Noel, or Nowell, I guess. It's like Powell, but with an N. Nowell. Very unique name. Mm-hmm. Chris, I got a big stat for you, buddy. I think I've cracked the code for Rick Barnes in March. Tell you about it next! Crack the code. Yes, you got to pay the tease off now. All right, so went back and looked at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rick Barnes at Providence. I mean, that's late '80s, early '90s, Big East. Not exactly uh, an easy place to win. Made the tournament uh, three out of his seven years. I mean, that was good enough to get you know a, a different. You know, a power, power five job goes to Clemson, and I can tell you, as someone that lived fairly close to Clemson in '94 to '98, like the job he did at Clemson was Bruce Pearl Tennessee esque. It was very similar. He was a different. He was a young guy back then. It was a football school. He rallied the football fans and got them excited about basketball. Took an undersized guy. Named Trail McIntyre, got Clemson number one in the country at one point in the ACC. I mean, this is like being in the SEC football. I mean, the ACC back then was probably the best basketball conference the earth has ever seen. And, uh, in, you know, his third, just made the tournament his second year, went to Sweet 16, third year, made the tournament again, fourth year, and then off to Texas, you know, kind of next step up. Now, at Texas, it's interesting because he made a couple Sweet 16s in the first uh, six years, sandwiched around a Final Four in year five. I don't think anybody was upset with Rick Barnes, you know, six years into his tenure at Texas. He had gone tournament, second round, tournament, Sweet 16, Final Four, Sweet 16. Yeah, pretty good. Is, is that would, would that be good enough, Hickman, if over a six-year span? He wasn't listening. If over a six-year span you, you have a coach with one Final Four, Two Sweet Sixteens, one second round, and two first rounds. Yeah, I'd take it. That'd be good, right? Okay. After that, made the tournament, lost in the first round, but then Elite Eight, round of 32, Elite Eight. After that is when, you know, things kind of get stale and he can't get out of the first weekend. Didn't mm-hmm. get, hadn't got out of the first re- weekend since then, except for the overtime. Excuse me, overtime win against Iowa. But I went back and looked at those Texas teams. Mm-hmm. None of them were very good in the regular season from 08 to 2015. They had 23 wins, 24 wins, uh, 28 wins, 20 wins, 16 wins, 24 wins, 20 wins. The teams that went to the Elite Eight were 30 and 7, 31 and 7. Uh, his Sweet 16 team here at Tennessee, 31-6. and six. So, really, uh, when Rick Barnes is going to make the Elite Eight, it's when he has a dominating regular season team that wins 30 games. So, maybe we've had this all wrong. These games are everything. 
Because A, it shows you how good the team is, and B, it puts you on a seed line. You know, some of these first round exits late in his tenure is a uh, tenure at Texas. He's like the ten seed. I mean, you're an underdog. Or he was a seven seed and one. He won. He beat the ten, and then he lost to the two. There's no shame in that if that's just how good the team is. No shame. So, I start looking at the schedule. All right, we got 16 wins so far, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, 16 12, and three. There's 12 games left. Yeah, that's, that's 28. You can get the 28 wins if you won every regular season game. And every time we win, and then you, we peel a section. And then you get the three SEC tournament games. And that's 31. So you only got like you only got to win two to get to 30. That's true. So you only got like two games to play with here the rest of the way. So Texas, Auburn, Alabama, Auburn again, and you better take care of business than the rest of them. That's going to let you know if this is a Rick Barnes Elite Eight type team or are we just trying to win the first round and then going to get bounced. So he's underachieved less or, yeah, he's underachieved more here at Tennessee than he did at Texas is what Nate's saying. Kind of, yeah. Not really, though. But kind of. That's what I took from that, Chris. Duh, duh. It's a harder place to build a program. He inherited a mess. He's built a pretty damn good program. There's only oh, one it's thing. nice to finally hear you say something like There's that. There's only one thing missing. Well, you had the COVID year, which, I mean. You weren't <laughs> making the tournament that year. No, no, sorry. I mean the year after that, the, the uh-huh. SEC only year where you, that was the Oregon. The, the, that's the one. Like, Let's not forget the Oregon State loss. John Fulkerson got his eyeball knocked out yeah, the game yeah. before that. Still should be a 10-win team. I mean, Take Brandon Miller off Alabama. How good are they? You were only 10-7 and seven in league play that year. Mm. They still got some dudes. You just can't, you just can't admit I mean, that like, losing a good player would matter. Last year. I mean, it would sucked. matter. It did matter. They're probably not Bigger the failure. Right bigger now. failure. Not beating Purdue in 2018-19 or not beating Michigan last year? Michigan last year. Uh... Pretty close, right? I mean, if you subscribe to Michigan, I mean, it's a lot better than their seed line. I mean, I, I think it's like it's the, I think it's the Purdue. I one. mean, we gave Matt Painter, a guy who also is known for not winning games in the tournament, his first ever Elite Eight berth. Well, something had to give. Something had to give. Yeah, and like yeah, we gave Grant Williams a seat. <laughs> I, I like how you got to, you play the the. The defender for a while, and then you just can't stand it. <laughs> that, 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 I, I said it earlier. That, that's undefensible. Joke. Like, there's yeah. nothing you can say that that logically, from a coaching decision standpoint, you cannot say why that made made sense. Well, we didn't want him to get in there and qu- pick up the fifth foul quick. If you're playing him, and he doesn't pick it up, you get to keep playing him. Mm-hmm. If he's on the bench, it's like he already has the fifth foul, right? And then you give up six quick points, and the game's over. There's the, you just there's no way to say yes that was the good decision. Let's leave our best player on the bench to start overtime because he has four fouls. Even though guys can play 20 30 minutes without picking up a foul in games like that all the time. Ryan Klein didn't pick up his fifth. It took him 20 minutes. Like the refs are going to protect him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Made no sense. And then his coaching decision to leave closets out there trying to guard 
yeah. didn't try and switch anything up. Well, it's not even that he had Plovzic on him. It's that he had him guarding him like uh, half, half court. court. It's like, what are we yeah. doing? Mm-hmm. The guy's just I a better think, athlete than Plovzic. I think also like, he was knocking down threes to start the game. Yeah, he so was. He had to stay up on him, but. I'm fine with him guarding him at the three-point line, but let's not like try to trap the ball screen at. That's just that was so stupid. <laughs> that was that game took a couple years long. Well, that was that was part of the problem though. He'd follow what was that guy's name? Hunter, Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson. He'd follow Dickinson up to the the center just circle, go him. and then they'd set a he, Dickinson would set a screen, and Plovzic would try to trap, yeah. and then they just throw it to Dickinson, who would take one dribble and just <laughs> splash. Just a bad game plan. And, like, there's a and then we finally rotated out on Dickinson, and then he just hit it to that guy in the middle. What was that guy? Is it like Abotu? Abota? Oh, yeah. D- no, was it, it was the other guy. I don't know. Anyway, he just like yeah. got a dunk. It's like, well, uh, might want to readjust this defensive game plan. And they're probably going to fire Howard this year. Good chance. Really? Yeah, they're not very good. And he's... What are they right now? Like ten and eight? Yeah, and he's yeah. doing the thing where he loses his cool again. Yeah, he's yeah. so yeah, it's not a good look. They still have Hunter Dickinson? They can't win games? Yeah. Think they uh think they placed the call? Old Rick. <laughs> Change of scenery. Gosh. You know, like we talk about it all the time, you know, it's good to leave just to reset that clock, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna throw something at you. <laughs> I see something, I'll get up the break. Yeah, please. <laughs> I mean, this remote's heavy. Like, I could do some damage. Yeah, we'll come back. We'll try not to kill each other. And uh, do more three and out next. This segment of the program brought to you by Malone and Costa Dentistry at Knoxville Smiles. Check them out online at KnoxvilleSmiles.com to make your appointment. They got you covered right here in West Knoxville. Longtime sponsors of Fan on Radio. It's Knoxville Smiles. It's Malone and Costa Dentistry. Go see them for all your dental needs right here in West Knoxville. I wonder how, like, what else we could do to, to peak in March. I mean, definitely be rested. Definitely Orange slices. Definitely run, uh, be practicing sets so you're only going to run in the NCAA tournament. So do you think winning the SEC tournament is, last year wasn't a good thing, or is it not a good thing to win it? I, mean, it, I think it's something it, you shouldn't worry about moving forward now that you've done it, right? I'd, I think you play to win it, but I don't yeah. think you, like, kill yourself to do it. I don't think you bust out your super secret stuff. No, because uh, I think I guess it also kind of de- right? it kind of depends on the path. I mean, you played what three games in a row? I mm-hmm. guess last year, but then you had five days rest. We, did we play on Friday? Yeah, we did get the Friday slot, which was play? nice. Yeah, yeah, and then we lost on a Sunday. I didn't feel like we were tired last year. Because you can't. No, I didn't think we were out in that first game. Yeah, it was weird that we we shot so well against Longwood, and then two days later in the same gym, we couldn't. Yeah, usually I feel like teams are hot 
in, in like, a building. Yeah, like the Cinderellas yeah. a lot of times, that's why they win the first two games. Yes. Because they're in that same mindset, same routine. You know, a, a, if it's a if it's a, a ten seed, for example, they they beat the seven. Everybody's like, "Ah, pretty good win." And then they stay hot, same routine. They love. They're just kind of their bodies are just acclimated, and boom, they shoot lights out and they beat the two seed. And everybody's like, "Whoa, huge upset!" And then sometimes they go to the next round, you know, a weekend later, and play like just dog crap and get killed. Well, I mean, you see that happen with the twelve all the time. Twelve beats the five. And uh, then they win the next game, and then they go in the Sweet 16. They just get hammered because it's new place, new matchups. It's the whole more thing. pressure. Yeah, that too. You got more time to think about. Holy crap! Or in the Sweet House 16. House money, yeah. yeah. Uh, obviously, it can go the other way, but you know. Yeah. Uh, on we went through the Tuesday schedule in the SEC. Uh, obviously, Tennessee takes on Georgia. On Wednesday, that game is at seven o'clock. Thank God, SEC Network. Uh, the nine o'clock SEC Network game to follow is Mississippi State at Alabama. So if you want to watch the Tide and kind of scout the other favorite right now in the SEC, you can do that. Uh, it's seven o'clock on ESPN two. South Carolina travels to Florida, and then nine o'clock ESPN two, A and M at Auburn. So that's your Wednesday slate that will uh, be on deck for tomorrow. And, you know, we might learn a lot about the conference on Saturday as the SEC matches up with the Big 12, who a lot of the media members are, you know, just salivating over how great the Big 12 is. Uh, Auburn goes to West Virginia, Alabama to Oklahoma, Iowa State travels to Missouri, Texas Tech at LSU, TCU goes to Mississippi State, Arkansas at Baylor. Unfortunately, all of those games either have no ranked teams or only one ranked team. And so you'll probably have a heavy favorite in each of those. The Tennessee game is the marquee matchup. Tennessee's, of course, at four right now. Texas at ten. That's at six o'clock on ESPN Saturday. You do have Florida at Kansas State, uh, and then uh, the the uh, South Carolina is playing Georgia in a game no one will. Like there might be four people at that one. All like parents of players. Probably four people watching that yeah. one too. Kansas is at Kentucky. That's at 8 o'clock on ESPN. So, even though Kentucky's unranked, obviously that'll be a big deal. It is at Rupp Arena. Ole Miss goes to Oklahoma State, and uh, Vanderbilt and Texas A&M are the other two SEC teams playing each other. Uh, Kansas needs to get out of that little skid they're on right now and help us out and maybe shatter a little bit of the confidence that Kentucky's recently found here in the last two weeks. There is a game to watch tonight if – you like college basketball. You have to watch. You're fired up for the college basketball regular season, the way Hickman is. Yeah, I'm no casual. But number five, Kansas State, will travel to number 12, Iowa State, for a top 12 matchup in the Corn State. Nine o'clock on ESPNU. Iowa State favored by five right now. Hmm. Uh, Keontae Johnson's been one of the great comeback stories in college basketball and all sports for that matter this season he's absolutely balling out and I know you've probably heard about like the run that Kansas State's on they're up to 17 and 2 right now but like have you seen how they've been winning these games it's like okay tied or down one late ball game what do they do let's just throw an alley-oop to Keontae Johnson let him go up there and grab it and throw her home uh, he's averaging 18 and 7 of course he is the Transfer from Florida who collapsed. I guess that would have been, what, last year at the beginning of the season? Mm, yeah, something like that. 
Well, he's last year, or the year before. Well, the year before was would have been COVID year, and that was SEC only, right? Wasn't the year before last year? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was the year after the COVID year they got shut down. Okay. You're, you know, years are hard in basketball. You got the whole double thing. Yeah, I know. Because it, it was Florida versus Florida State, and so it wouldn't have been that year because that was the SEC-only slate, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know because we played Colorado early that year, right? So it might have been. That's what I thought. I thought there were two years between. but Yeah, maybe. There weren't years in between. It was just it wasn't truly SEC-only. Mm-hmm. You had like three or four non-conference games there. Well, Will Will Warren's got some interesting stats. All right, let's hear him. I mean, he kind of sparked the whole, he thinks this team's the best Rick Barnes team ever. I mean, at Tennessee. I'm not sure how far back he went, but this team has a plus 29 adjusted efficiency margin, which would be the highest in the Kim Palm era for Tennessee basketball. Better than 18-19, better than last year, 13-14 and 07-08. Plus 28.91 as we speak. This is plus 29. Well, you just yeah. rounded, yeah. That's fine. Uh, 18-19 was plus 26.2. That would be the fifth best team in the country right now. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, Do we think... Okay. I wonder what that team's strength of schedule was. Mm-hmm. And Kim Palm, because you know, right now we're playing like a hundred and fifty sixth best offensive schedule. I mean it's well noted, like our tougher games are on the horizon. The most interesting part of this is a lot of data and a lot of stuff that basically I mean it all points to this year's Tennessee team being very, very good and arguably better than the eighteen nineteen team. The one that and of course that's you can only get the data by playing against your field, right? So you put this team in the 18-19 season against those teams, those opponents, and the national field, it might be different as far as where you rank. But according to the metrics, this is, quote, the weakest top end of the field in modern history. Hmm. So when you look at the 22-23 field for the last 11 years, this is the worst top five of the last 11 years. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. When you look at 6 through 10, they rank 10th out of 11. When you look at 11 through 25, they rank 10th out of 11. When you look at 26 through 50, they're middle of the pack. They're 7 of 11. Basically, what he's saying is the top 50 teams in the country compared to what they are on a year-in, year-out basis, this is the worst year for college basketball-like strength at the top. Yeah, compared to the rest of the quad. Which means breakdown. Tennessee being one of the best defensive teams in, well, ever against a really weak overall field of college basketball bodes very well for this team. And since that takes into account offense and defense as far as the uh, adjusted efficiency metric – this team against who they're going to potentially play is quote unquote better. Even though I, I, there is obviously the argument to be made that if you could time travel and take this team to 1819 and put them on a practice court against the 1819 team, 
the other one might win heads up. If but you brought it, the 1819 team here to play this schedule, they might be even better than this. Yeah, time yeah, yeah. The same yeah. schedules we. Tennessee's schedule so far is 57th overall, according to Ken Palm. In 2018-19, it finished. Is it. that to this point? Yeah. Okay. See, I wonder. Oh, if, I think. I wonder if the one I was reading is like taking into account the entire schedule where uh, they sit now, which is why it would be tenth. Because we have right. yet to play Alabama, Auburn twice, Kentucky again, Texas A&M, so on and so forth, and I Texas bet, obviously. I bet that's right. Yeah, because which I think that one when we're screenshotting right now is more accurate because we're looking at where we are and who we've played to this point. Saying we have a tough schedule. Look how great we are, but we haven't played the tough part of the schedule yet. It's a little bit of fool's gold, or it could be well, if we that's if we take I'm a dip. If if the if because I, I mean, I would argue that these two teams are close. I definitely wouldn't say that this year's team's way better than the Grant Admiral team. I it's ve- it'd this, be very hard to say that. But once this schedule gets tougher and we see how that team our team does, yeah. and if they lose a couple games, well, obviously those, num- those numbers, even if they win the games, those numbers are going to. Be really yeah, tight but if you start game. losing them, those numbers are going to slide in favor of the eighteen nineteen team. Tennessee schedule that year was twenty uh, fifth overall. And that's when once they got to the end of the season, right? Yeah, and, yeah. fi- and it's fifty seventh right now. So I would expect our schedule number to start oh, yeah. climbing from fifty seven towards probably about twenty fifth. Once you're done, I mean that would kind of make sense. Yeah, and then again, it's going to depend on who you play in the SEC tournament, who you draw in the NCAA tournament. By the time it's all kind of said and done, there. I mean, I would assume, yeah, I mean, all the numbers on the sidebar of Kim Palm are what you've done so far, so I would assume the strength of schedule is the same way. It's not counting, like, the whole schedule. That wouldn't make any sense. We'll, we'll, remind me on Monday, because right now in the non-conference, we're 124th. When we play Texas, if that number changes, then we'll know. Will says this about this year's team once they get to the tournament. Hickman, you'll like this. I cannot stress this enough. This is not like other years. If Tennessee loses, it will not be because of a bad draw or a poor bracket or bad luck or whatever. They will have made their own bed, whether by a bad shooting day or a great one from the opponent. Basically, because the entire field... To this point in the season, and I think at this point you have a pretty good data. I mean, I know there's a lot of conference games left to be played out. But based on what we've seen to this point, and he's using end-of-the-year metrics for 18-19. So again, a lot of this stuff still has to sort out a little bit. But he's basically saying this is the, the weakest top 50 in the last 11 years. Hmm. And to be as good as you are offensively and defensively with this pool of potential opponents means that there's not a sneaky bad draw that you're going to get that that should be good enough to beat you, assuming you're seated where we all think Tennessee will be seated, which at this point is one through four. And I think that explains a little bit why some people can watch this team and be like, I don't feel like they're that good. But then Mm -hmm. look at the rankings and you're in the top five. There's not that many good teams. Mm -hmm. Which I think is true if you watch – I mean, we've seen teams have great nights. Sure. But as you watch all of college basketball – and really, you don't have to watch the games. You just look at the teams who are beating other teams and the scores throughout a given. I mean, look at Kansas. They're on a three-game skid. Yeah. And after we beat them, they went on a tear where it was, oh, oh Bill Self, hey, figured Happened it out. UConn as well. Yeah, UConn. They, I, I watched them against Florida. They were they were toying with Florida. They were just goofing off and up by 20-something. Like, it was amazing. Well, in my head, Kansas goes 33-3 and three every year, you know. So yeah. So, for them to lose three in a row, like, that's just Longest losing crazy. streak at Kansas since, like, 1960. 
Lenardi's posted the bracketology. Now. Oh, we'll hit that oh, next baby. final segment. Back Perfect at timing. you. Final segment of the program. Joe Lenardi's got his bracket posted. Joey Lou. Love Joe Lenardi. Big fan of him. Him, Andy Katz, and Jerry Palm, they're all in the good house right now. Thought we were out. I'll never go that far. They've all got us as one team. buy my love and approval. He's not buying anything. He's just putting the balls with the one seed. Hickman, panic button. One seed. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, a one seed on January 24th means a lot. It's better than not being well, one seed. Uh, better than 24th. Kentucky sitting at a 12 playing game with Penn State. Who's he got with us? Tennessee, the one. We would play Siena. Then the winner. That's not Patino, is it? No, he's Iona. Iona, that's yeah. right. Thank God. We'll lose that matchup. Uh, <laughs> Thank God. The 8-9 eight, nine, eight, nine of that bracket would be Clemson-Wisconsin, so you get the winner of that. You know, they want him back at Louisville. Uh, Rutgers at the five. <laughs> Rutgers, as Hickman has said, pretty good pretty good club. VCU, the 12. Marquette, the four. Seattle, the 13. Auburn, the six. Arizona State and Northwestern, the playing game at 11. Virginia, the three. Princeton, the 14. Providence, the seven. Memphis, 10. Kansas, the two seed. Uh, and UMass Lowell as the fifteen. Your one seeds now, according to Joe Lenardi, Houston, Tennessee, Purdue, Bama, two seeds, Kansas State, Arizona, UCLA, Kansas. Uh, let's see here. The next four out include Florida and Wake Forest. The first four out include West Virginia and Oklahoma. The last four in include Kentucky and Penn State. And the last four buys currently, Boise State, Maryland, Pittsburgh, and Ohio State. I'll take it. Uh, Let's see here. Other SEC notables. I mentioned Alabama, the one seed. He does have Arkansas falling to the eight seed in the south region. Uh, if they were to win their 8-9 matchup, they would likely play Purdue in round two. Uh, mentioned Kentucky, the playing game at the 12. I'm going to try to do this as fast as I can. How many games can we lose and still be at one seed? Two. Two more. Two more. And it's got to be Texas or Alabama. Does that include the tournament? Yeah. Well, if you lose in the championship of the SEC tournament, doesn't matter, right? Yeah, that's true. If you make the championship game, you're probably fine. Let's see here. Uh, he Texas has and Alabama. Missouri as a 10 seed. Could it be Texas and Auburn, maybe? That way you get split with Auburn. You've beaten Alabama. Okay, yeah. Or I think, honestly, I think you just have to beat Texas or Alabama. You can't lose to both of them. Maybe like if you, mm. even if you lose to Bama, but you beat Texas and maybe drop one to Auburn, yeah. but win everything else. Because beating Bama would be huge. It'd be really yeah. hard for them. If we finish ahead of them in the standings, the SEC, and you beat them. Like how can and they the Big Twelve is going to beat up on everybody because it's so tough. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> All right. Well, do you guys see the Tim Allen's in the news? Oh God. 
apparently he uh, is being accused of flashing his penis at Pamela Anderson when she was on the set of Home Improvement on her first day. When was that? Uh, like 30 years ago. Uh, that's where Tim Allen got the inspiration for his movie Wild Hogs. <laughs> it almost sounded like he was going to cry as he tried to deliver the punchline. It's like you're choking up there. Is that a real story or is that all made up? No, he actually flashed his penis at her. <laughs> I think he was trying not to laugh, but it sounded like he was trying not to cry. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> well, that's the thing he said, right? He had to get through the story to get to the joke. <laughs> barely made it. Jeez. Uh, the spirit of uh, Davey Hudson lives on here as we wrap up the show. Keep it locked in or don't for more Fan Run Radio. <laughs>